Welcome to the Intelligence Download, a podcast from BAE Systems. I'm Ben Tudor. Applied Intelligence is lucky enough to have a dedicated team of people who try to work out the future needs of the sectors we serve. The Futures team works as an incubator group, researching future threats to security, the financial sector and wider society, and building things that defend against those threats. It's known for tackling some of the toughest challenges in defence and financial crime. This work is done in a very structured manner and the selection process for new services and platforms or products is quite brutal. Some of the successes developed in-house and still others are spun out into a startup venture through the likes of Cylon, the London Tech Incubator, as well as other mature businesses. The ethos here is to be as open and collaborative as possible. I'm joined today by Hattie Shaw, who has a bit of a dream job. As proposition lead, she gets to take raw research and input and turn it into the proposals for testing in the future's crucible. She's going to walk us through just one of these, something called the FinCrime Testing Services. Hattie, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Pleasure. Um, so could we start a little bit by start by understanding a little bit of your background, how you came to join the Futures team? Yeah, of course. So um, I've been at BAE for coming up to three years now, um, which has gone crazy quickly. And BA is really my first proper job. So previous to that, I was studying. I uh, did a natural sciences degree and then went on to do a master's in entrepreneurship, which is where I first became interested in innovation and startups. Um, I actually joined BAE as um, a graduate into the graduate program, which is where you get to move around lots of different departments. But I always really had my uh, sights set on joining the innovation team because, you know, that's really where my passion lies and kind of was just trying to work my way into that team ever since I joined. Um, I ended up kind of spamming the director of futures at the time um, to to go for a coffee with him and managed to convince him to take me on on a trial basis. And I've been with the futures team ever since. Um, So that's how I ended up there. so, uh, could you tell us a little about the problem that Futures has identified that led to the concept we're going to talk about today? Yeah, so in Futures, we always start with a problem space. Um, it's still a broad area, but it gives us a focus um, when we go out and do our market research. And in this case, we were looking at anti-money laundering within banking and financial institutions. So, with that kind of high-level topic or problem in mind, how do banks defend against money laundering? We went out into the market and started to speak to people whose job it is to defend against money laundering, who sit within banks and, and do this day-to-day. And we basically just asked them a whole load of series, high-level questions about their job, um, what they do, and, and specifically the challenges that they face in doing that. And one of the key themes that came out was uh, as you may know, banks uh, spend millions of pounds trying to defend against money laundering and they're regulated to do so. Um, however, actually testing whether those solutions are effective at actually catching criminals is extremely difficult. Uh, what the themes that came out were that mainly banks do this by running kind of historic customer data through their AML detection systems, but it's hard to know whether that data actually contains money laundering, it actually contains real risk. And therefore, because you don't know uh, the known bads, as it were, you don't really know how effective you are at catching money laundering. And 
historically a lot of the testing that is done and even in this more sophisticated cases is looking at how many alerts does your system produce so how many times is it flagging up money laundering and then working out is that a true positive or is that a false positive and that process is extremely time consuming and difficult for banks and that's the problem that we're trying to solve at the moment or help solve it's it sounds like a a a problem that'll be very familiar to some of our listeners um especially in the financial sector um with fraud you can generally spot 100% 100% of fraud historically with money laundering it's much more difficult mm-hmm. you've got no way of identifying whether um, somebody is actually laundering or not um, in many cases you can't go back historically sometimes and, and see what's happened but also you can't see whether somebody's trying something new that they might have tried successfully against another institution in another country or another sector thousands of miles away um, so just recapping, so I went back to first principles, started from the very beginning to identify a, a problem with money laundering that maybe hadn't been addressed or hadn't been looked at um, sufficiently from our perspective, yeah. but also from the customer perspective as well. Yeah, exactly. So it's really this testing thing that we're focusing on. You know, how do you as a bank understand whether you're being effective at catching money laundering? And it's extremely difficult right now. And and that's the problem that we're focusing on. The other related problem is that you can only really test yourself against your known risks. So within the bank, I know these are the risks I'm facing. Therefore, I create rules to defend against those risks and I can test those rules. But what about the unknowns, the the money laundering that you actually don't know is out there, perhaps because you can't see from without the walls of your bank or you don't have that particular expertise internally um, to know about that way of money laundering. And this is the other thing we're trying to solve, trying to give an independent test to a bank that's a a credible source from outside of their institution, types of money laundering they may not be aware of and therefore um, giving them that independent test. And that's an enormous thing we've we've sort of tackled before with a, a couple of reports like Problem Shared, Problem Solved, where you realise that because of the nature of what banks are doing in this particular space, they have to operate in silos, both internally and within the industry. They can't necessarily share data. And that's something that I think the criminal element probably understands very well, better than we do possibly, and and capitalises on to a great extent. Um, I'm curious as to, um, you know, with something like the FinCrime testing service, how that will translate. Are we talking about sharing data between banks or are we talking about building a a corpus of data for testing that is based on our institutional knowledge, the institutional knowledge of perhaps our customers, the regulators and so on and so forth? Yeah, very much the latter. So the way we see the FinCrime testing service working is you know, in the future state, banks will will log into a portal, a, a FinCrime testing service portal, and within there, they'd be able to see lots of different sets of simulated data. So what we want to do is simulate money laundering, simulate what the criminals are doing. So the bank would log in and they'd see lots of different types of typologies or criminal behaviours. So, for example, human trafficking or drug trafficking or perhaps tax evasion. They'd be then be able to kind of download those synthetic data sets um, that are representative of the financial flows of someone trying to do that type of crime. 
they'd be able to download that and test themselves with these known bads um, so they can see am I detecting that type of criminal activity and we see that happening in within their testing environment so not touching their live systems but taking that synthetic data and having a completely new and quite innovative approach to understanding whether they're detecting that, those types of activity. So we're talking about data that's been synthesized rather than data that's been anonymized which are two very exactly. different things. Yeah. Um, yes you know, you're talking about different sort of scenarios different types of behaviors here where are you getting that information from where are you getting that understanding from? Okay, so let me explain how we're doing it for the prototype, uh, which is what we're doing now. And then you'll be able to see how that might extrapolate into the future product. So currently we're just prototyping the FinCrime testing service and we've decided to simulate as our first criminal behavior, human trafficking. And um, really because that is a, a strategic focus for the NCAA at the moment, the National Crime Agency in the UK. And the numbers of um, reports of human trafficking have, have gone up significantly in the last few years. And the way that we've approached it is, you know, firstly, we've started with internal expertise. You know, at BAE, we're super lucky to have lots of people that have either a law enforcement background or work directly with our law enforcement customers. Uh, and we started there with, with experts who had knowledge around human trafficking. We then took that base of knowledge around what does it look like when a victim is human trafficked and we've we will have to separate these uh, scenarios by geography because these crimes happen differently across the world and in this case we're focused on the UK and Europe so we've been looking at what does it look like for a victim that is recruited um, over to the UK and then gets stuck into human trafficking for sexual exploitation um, and we we've taken our base knowledge out into the external market we've been working with law enforcement specialists and also um, NGOs like Stop the Traffic who have been helping us build out what these um, victims and also perpetrators look like in terms of their financial flows then we will sort of append off all of the relevant um, indicators that a bank might see of that behavior and that's what we'll be simulating customer accounts and transactions that indicate human trafficking so that has taken collaboration between lots of different people um, and to extrapolate that into the future where we want to have this bank of lots of different types of criminal typologies we'll have to um stand up really a, a financial crime research team to build upon the internal expertise we currently have you know much in the same way as that we've done in the cyberspace at BAE with our threat intelligence service we envisage um, having a financial crime threat intelligence team that are kind of on top of the latest trends in money laundering understood and I, I suppose the thing to take away from that the, the thing that when you explain it that way becomes quite clear is this isn't necessarily just about stopping bad people from profiting from their crimes it's also about helping the people who are a victim of crime directly um, you know if you can identify people who've been trafficked um, and identify them in such a way as you know what the transactions are where they are who they are yeah. where they're roughly based that gives uh, law enforcement opportunities to actually help and help these people you know get them out of the, the situation they're in 
Yeah, exactly. There's a there's a, a real human element to this. Um, one of the well-known problems with anti-money laundering, um, you know, in the UK, but I think wider as well, is that we do a lot of defensive reporting. So banks are they're regulated to identify suspicious activity and report that to law enforcement but a lot of the time that is happening on a quite blanket basis so you're getting lots of reports going into law enforcement that aren't necessarily used to their full effectiveness and you know part of the vision with FTS here is to be more criminal led in the way that you banks are detecting crime um, and therefore you'll be filing lower volume and higher value suspicious activity reports to law enforcement that are actually based on real kind of um, indicators that separate that type of crime from the the melee of other crimes out there and, it, and it, the vision is that we can therefore help law enforcement um, you know protect more victims and, and catch more criminals so that's the real vision. And this is also, you know, you've mentioned defensive reporting, and it's one of the things that sort of afflicts the SAR regime in different different countries, but particularly in the UK. Um, it also sort of highlights a bit of a difference in the way that the institutions can act. They can act entirely defensively and say, right, we're going to tick all the regulators' boxes, or they can act in a proactive manner and say, actually, we want to stop this. Um, and yes, we'll tick all the boxes. We'll make sure we've got all the right things installed and the right people in place but also we'll go out and we'll chase this proactively we'll we'll be a a good institution we'll be a force for social good as well yeah and i truly believe having you know widely researched this topic over the last year or so and spoken to many financial crime individuals so for this concept uh, for this project we've been engaging with regulators we've been engaging with law enforcement and banks and all of those stakeholders are singing from the same hymn sheet in terms of wanting to catch more criminals and protect more victims but you know my take on the situation is that there's lots of barriers in the way um you know some of them regulatory some of them kind of due to legacy IT or huge complex banking systems, you know, and some of them just the kind of diversity of crime that we're seeing and the difficulty in understanding these different types of behaviour. And I think that innovations or um, projects like the FinCrime Testing Service can be, in a way, help break down some of those barriers because, you know, simulating uh, financial crime, it brings together um, the the tacit knowledge that law enforcement have about how these criminals are actually behaving in the real world and translating that using technology in a way that banks can then easily apply that to the way they're detecting. And I think that link is something that is currently missing. And the reason we're engaging with the regulator as well is because oversight of that process is crucial and while everyone wants to shift the needle it will only shift with um, all those stakeholders pushing in, in the same direction so crucial to the success of this FinCrime testing service project is the alignment of, of, of all those stakeholders incentives and motivations as well. And do you think everybody is motivated? Do you think all the right pieces are in place here? Yeah, I mean, I I believe everyone cares um, around, you know, catching criminality. And, and when you're able to have the conversation about specific victims 
for example, in human trafficking, it takes away that mirage of, okay, it's just money laundering and makes it specific and real. And I think when you have conversations at that level, you know, everyone really cares. But it's about how do we incrementally move towards um, getting getting that care actually reflected in reality um, because of, you know, it's it's extremely difficult um, process to catch money laundering. Um, so, yeah, I believe I believe the motivation is there. Um, otherwise, I guess I wouldn't be pursuing this uh, project. So, yeah, let's hope. Let's hope we do. Yeah, well, fingers crossed. <laughs> I, I, I suppose one one thing to point out here, and this is where I sort of say, you know, the, the value of your shares can go well down as well as up, yeah. is that this is a concept at the moment. Um, I suppose two questions really, you know, what stage are you at at the moment? And secondly, what can listeners, you know, if they're listening to this and going, well, hold on, I work in a bank, I work in the compliance department, I'd love to get involved in this. I think this is something that we could benefit from, society could benefit from. We've got something to contribute. How could they get involved? Yeah, thank you. So in terms of the stage that we're at, uh, we are, you know, essentially a startup uh, run from within BA Systems. So we've stood up a small team to make this happen. And we are conducting our very first technical experiment at the moment. Um, as I said, we've we've decided to simulate as our first typology human trafficking for sexual exploitation. We understand that behaviour and we are going to be producing simulated data to reflect what a victim's bank account might look like of human trafficking. Uh, we're now looking for, for experiment partners, banks, to come on board with us and test this new innovative approach to testing. Um, and we're really looking for, um, you know, reach out as wide as possible and, and for banks to get involved with us in this prototyping program. If you are interested in getting involved, um, you can either reach out to myself directly. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'm Harriet Shaw. Um, if you type in Harriet Shaw at BAE Systems, you will find me. Or you can reach out to BAE at learn at baesystems.com. So, Hattie, thank you very much for telling us about FTS. For AML professionals listening to this podcast, um, the next step is, uh, if they'd like to get involved, to, to contact you uh, via learn at basystems.com. Um, if you'd like to hear and uh, read more on financial crime and what we do to help, um, you can go to basystems.com forward slash banking insights. Many thanks for listening to the Intelligence Download. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes, Podbean, or your favourite podcast app. Mm-hmm.